Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's a show that can only assume that Charlie Savage's football ability was inherited from his mother. <laughs> On today's pod, we're giving Tuesday's loss in Leipzig the attention it deserves, hardly any, and looking ahead to a tricky hosting of Wolves. We'll also be taking a quick peek at Chelsea v Leeds, if time permits. Joining me to discuss all this is the Wednesday gang on a Friday, which has thrown my week completely out of whack. It's Howard and Chris. Hi, Howard. You well? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. Heating's on already. Full whack. Nice. Don't plan to go out. (laughs) Perfect, (laughs) yes. I'm I'm digging in for the day, so. The weather is atrocious in Wales. yeah. Terrible, yeah. yeah. Um, Chris, are you well and what's the weather like where you are? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Yeah, because so I'm I'm in Manchester, so yeah, it's similar to uh, how it's in, in sale. So yeah, yeah, it's cold and it's wet, and uh, yeah. But I, I, Howard, if Howard, have you just tur- have you just turned your heating on, or has it been on for a while in terms of uh, <laughs> uh, winter period? Oh no, I've, I I think it's old age to be honest. <laughs> it's old age, or the climate's changed. Uh, well, you've had it. You've had it on. You've had it on since June, haven't you? No, no. I used to put it on for about two weeks a year, honestly. Right. But I used to live second floor flat, which probably gets the heat of two floors yeah. below. Now, yeah, I'm I'm wavering in September, so yeah, it's been on. Yeah, a lot. Let's put it that way. So. I tell you what, it's very. Very much old age, talking about heating on a football pot. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, match day. Uh, let, let's link it to football, Steve. The cold yeah, really yeah. gets into me on match day now. It really That's true. Does. It also gets into your bones, absolutely. It yeah. Does. Um, none of us suffered in that regard at Leipzig, of course, because there's no fans. Um, it feels weird looking back at this one. Um, we did the review pod this week, uh, me, Exan, and Jack. Um, a weird game, kind of, you know, a very downbeat game, really. And there was a few positives to take from it. But there's a couple of aspects I do want to talk about with you here, Chris. Um, mm. being a qualified referee, of course, there was a couple of incidents. The first one was the non penalty on Raheem, mm. um, where the, the defender just did a bizarre movement of just jumping all over him. Um, mm. were you surprised that wasn't given? I think what was difficult about it, I, 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 I've tried, to, I've watched it several times, but I've only watched it from two angles at best, yeah. and coming from, from from the sideline. So it's really difficult to 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 see. And obviously, VAR had a much better view of that, but they didn't show us any any other additional camera viewpoints that VAR showed. I think if if you were being generous watching it, the defender is watching the ball. And not watching Sterling, and he collides with Sterling, and that pushes over him. But if you were being critical, you'd say that the defender was clumsy and spatially unaware, um, mm. and it sh- and it should have been a penalty. Um, I when it went to VAR, and having just seen the one angle on the replay, I thought I, I did think that, that that they will give it as a penalty. I mean, largely, even if he even if he was clumsy and and collided with sterling his hands came up which forced the push on sterling so i was surprised that um vr didn't get it but then generally the the uh, you know t- t- taking my you know ha- taking my blue tinted glasses off i thought that the referee's decision making was was quite erratic during the game so so but I, I wasn't surprised he didn't give it straight away, but I was surprised that VR didn't overrule him. So yeah, it could have gone either way, to, to, to be honest. Um, it was frustrating for us because it, it would have shifted the narrative um, of the game had, had we been given a penalty and scored it. Absolutely. Um, okay, let's move on to the Kyle Walker sending off. 
I'll start with you, Howard, from a supporter's point of view, I guess, as regards to how you felt when you saw it. I mean, it was just plain daft and unnecessary and, and all the other kind of words in, in that regard, wasn't it? Mm. Well, I saw it this morning, so... <laughs> so right. I, I didn't watch the match, so... Oh, I see, right. So it's all fresh to you then. So what did you make of it? Yeah, I was stood in there. Can I just say how nice it was not to watch the match first before, <laughs> before I lay into Kyle Walker? Fair enough. It, no, it, I mean, it really was nice not to... I mean, I'd, uh, I was in town but uh, spending too much money at the markets and went to a comedy gig, John Bishop, so and I paid no attention to it because I knew it was a dead rubber. And it was so nice at full... T- just to be away from it all. <laughs> you said it's such a weird game, and it was just so nice. Oh, I don't have to talk about this. I you were a- loving it. You were on You were on WhatsApp enjoying our pain, by the way. <laughs> yeah, sending you pictures of mulled wine, which yes. was, I'm not sure which is worse, watching City walk around a pitch or drinking mulled wine. It's a very <laughs> close-run thing, to be honest. <laughs> not my favourite uh, <laughs> drink. Why uh, did no- you have it, then? <laughs> oh, it's tradition. You do it once a year. <laughs> The first day, well, the first warm day of summer, I have a cider as well. It's just what you do. So. Yeah, true. true <laughs> That's the last one I have. So, no, it, because it was such a weird game, I was so glad to be out of it and have to dissect, oh, did it mean something? And then it went on at full time on Twitter just to have a one minute browse. And the anger, mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fine to say it wasn't a good performance. It wasn't. It's fine to lay into Kyle Walker, as I'm probably about to do because he deserves it. But the anger was as if we'd just lost to Chelsea in a title race game. It was like, God's sake, I'm so glad a night off on this absolute, <laughs> you know, just tiring narrative that every, everything that's not perfect has to be absolutely mm. torn to pieces. So, yeah, I really did like <laughs> uh, being out in town and just seeing a WhatsApp, you guys suffering through the game, trying to make the most of it. So... Yeah, I, I think if I'm not on this podcast, I wouldn't have watched a single minute of it, but I have watched, of course, gone in and had a look at uh, the highlight, the extended highlights. There's not, what can you say about Kyle Walker? It was a stupid act in impulse, and he's an idiot, and that's all there is to it. So, And he's yeah. 99% brilliant a lot of the time, lost composure, and it's the, of course, I think in any game it's utterly unnecessary, but in a dead rubber game to lose your composure... Well, that's it's the thing, even a bit more so because now he'll he'll miss, and Chris will answer this question. Mm. I think it'll be one game. Uh, could be more, of course, if the panel decides otherwise. And for what? For nothing. Uh, but he's a human being. <laughs> human beings do silly things. Uh, every player will do something stupid at some point. I've seen Sergio Aguero try to take David Luiz's head off and he's probably <laughs> he's probably a hero for doing that so yeah, yeah he is. It, it is what it is it's a an idiotic thing to do in in a moment and he's a human being and he did it and now he'll pay for it so and Pep's not going to be happy obviously but he'll yeah. know he'll know it was a stupid thing to do well that's the thing though with Kyle it's he suffers from a lack of concentration now and again but composure he does not I mean that's the first time I can recall where he's acted in such a, a rash manner um, he usually reserves that for inside the penalty area. Um, so I was really surprised as much as anything. Um, you had mentioned there about the one match ban potentially being extended to two games. Um, if you wait for deem it to be rough play, 
Um, Chris, could you see that happening? Um, possibly. I mean, it, it, it won't it won't creep over into the three match ban territory of violent conduct. Um, yeah. It was just it. I, I think it, it, it. I guess it depends how they view the petulance, really, because that's what it was. It was petulant. Because in a way, um, um, Walker's react Walker's action in that moment, I think, sort of crystallised City's whole attitude towards the game. That they couldn't quite make up how they uh, they couldn't quite work out how they felt about it. They were always on the edge of either you know committing to doing something properly or taking it personally. And 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 I think Walker summed that up with by the most unnecessary challenge in a place where the the player was not in a dangerous part of the pitch at all. And and he had another. I think Fernandinho was was next to Walker, so he had two players on him just to lash out like a child in a play. I was so unnecessary but I think it just summed up at that point City couldn't work out what they were supposed to, to, to do with this game and I I think that if if he went for a two match ban I think he'd be unfortunate um, but I wouldn't put it past him to to, to do that um, you know I, it, it in the confines of the club, I would give Walker something far more severe than, than a two-match ban because, because you know, he's a senior player in the squad and it's really unnecessary. And, and hopefully, you know, we'll, who's, who knows what draw we'll get. Um, but he, his current form, we will miss him. And so for him to sacrifice himself in that situation is really childish and, and unprofessional. But yeah, um, I, I think if he gets a two-match ban, too much ban, he'd be really unfortunate. But we know how the authorities can react sometimes. Particularly UEFA. Um, yeah. Talking to Jack on on Wednesday, um, he said because it's UEFA, it's a possibility. Um, yeah. But you know, if it was Premier League, then very unlikely indeed. But I mean, I I, I thought it was dangerous play, and I, and I have to take my ro- uh, blue tinted glasses off here and say that um, I think to, to swipe at an opponent's legs when they're in full flight. That's always dangerous. You, know, you can do some serious damage. Yeah, yeah so. I think I, I, mm, it does. I swipe, like it does swipe near the ball though. Yeah, yes, he, he, yeah. It, and you have to because obviously the, 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 there's a directive this season uh, in terms of the award of penalties of, um, um, about contact made and, and the severity of that contact and whether that contact was sufficient to um, for the player to go over. I don't know whether to what extent that would be applied to, to, the, to this situation. I, I, like I said, I think it was petulant. Um, I don't know how dangerous it was. It was more reckless in terms in terms of of. of, of of his attitude, but again, it, 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 it's UEFA, and we know that they have previous with, let's say, unusual decision making. Um, so yeah, so but as I say, if if he gets a one match ban, that's probably bad. If he gets two, I think it'll be unfortunate. But as Howard says, this whole match, the fallout from the game is far more entertaining than the match itself. Hmm. Um, you know, and 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 it, and, it ha- and it has been a ridiculous, um, you know, kind of narrative that, that has come about. What what is the import importance of, of this game? So yeah, the, the quicker that we can forget about this and move on to the next round of games, the better. Well, I think well, it was just I don't. As I say, I had like I had a funeral on the Wednesday, and I decided I'm not taking any part in this match at all. <laughs> you know what I mean, it could happen. It's not important, and I'm not going to work up whatever happens. The lineup, whatever, it's it's my time off from a football match that City had done the hard work. So I'm afraid to say I didn't listen to your review either, Steve, but I probably will later in the weekend. No, 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 no. It's, it's uh, no, I probably will, on. just interested in what you do say. So I don't know what you said on that, but there's just a couple of things very quickly. It's like I find the rhythm thing a bit bizarre that you should keep playing yes. Because yeah. it's a midweek game. I mean, if we're only playing once a week, would all our players lose their rhythm? 
well, we've got enough games coming up that we don't need to be playing players in dead Champions League dead rubbers to maintain rhythm. Though I do understand that some players needed some match time. Uh, yeah, so I think that, I say I'm not worked up about the, I, I always hate City losing, always pre-season friendly. Uh, so, but really, what, just a bit frustrated that the players themselves didn't want to be on that pitch. And I can understand that with what's coming. I mean, we've got a game next Tuesday against Leeds. You know, it just doesn't stop. They didn't need to be on the pitch. And it was predictable that they'd be 10% below the best. Do we really want our players running 13 kilometres like Bernardo Silva does it in this match? No, we don't want them tearing, you know, putting themselves to the absolute limit in this. So I think the performance was predictable when you put such a strong team out. And that's why it's so frustrating that we could have seen a few of the youth players. Otherwise, I'm not that bothered. So. Fair enough. Can I just level with you though, Howard? I would rather watch this game back in its entirety than go and see John Bishop. Oh, so, yeah. let's move on. Each to their own. I gave him a solid... Can I just say, he, he had this thing going where he gave out badges and everyone... It was in encouraging people to talk to each other in the crowd. Right. And who did I get sad to my left? The most talkative woman in the world who <laughs> did insist in filling my pints up in the second part of the show. Nice. But also insisted in shouting out at John Bishop during the gig. No. Uh, what did he respond? No, thank God. And we're only what? on the fifth row here, so. What did she like, shout? Oh, nonsense. Utter, I mean, you don't want to oh, know. Oh, nightmare. That is genuinely my worst nightmare to have a heckler sit right by you at a comedy gig. She, she slowed down, thankfully, and then left early for some reason. It was a birthday. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, still better than watching City walk around the pitch. You, <laughs> you had a hell of an evening, didn't you? <laughs> you, you, were, you were still in the market drinking a drink that you don't like, going to see a comedian accompanied by a narcissist who's, who's trying to attract attention to you, and then and then avoiding one of the worst matches in champion, <laughs> champion League history. So. It's just an average Tuesday night. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Normally yeah. I'm catching up on Bake Off, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I tell you what, Howard, you are so rock and roll. <laughs> 18, mo- 18 months sat at home, you know, this yeah. is like, this is what rock and roll is now to make. <laughs> okay, like, will you have an average Saturday then? Um, Wolves, I'm a bit kind of, you know, unnerved by Wolves because we've been a bit hit and miss. Um, quietly kind of putting out a good season after a tricky start for them. Um, but I'm going to step back from this because I said the same last week um, and I was proven wrong about Watford. So... I'll just throw it over to you, Chris. Are you worried about Wolves? Do you see them as as a threat? Wolves are a bit weird this yeah. season. Um, so what? They, they've won six and lost six and drawn three, and 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 they have improved obviously since the first three uh, fixtures of the season where they had a poor start. But if you look statistically, um, they've only scored twelve goals. And so, so, so only Norwich have scored fewer goals than them. So they're really not prolific in front of goal. But then the flip side is only City and Chelsea have conceded fewer goals than they have. So uh, I think they conceded 13 goals. So they're just a, they're just a bit of, they're, they're a strange team at the minute. I mean, what I'm seeing is, is the, is the manager. I think he's doing a steady job and he's starting to establish. An identity, uh, an identity there, but their most significant result really was beating West Ham 
Um, so I, it's hard to say how much of a threat they are because because they sort of they don't they don't um, really shine in any particular department apart from that they're quite stingy when it comes to uh, conceding goals. I think it will be more of a challenge than Watford was, um, uh, and I and I think that's not just about. Um, the, the position in the table. I just think that I just think Wolves are better are a better equipped squad to to provide a challenge. I'm still confident that we can win the game, but I think the main thing is um, I'm a little bit bemused. I don't quite know what to expect from Wolves when they come to us, and I think that's the, 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 that's the main concern is how will they play? Will they attempt to attack us or will they play on the counter? Which I'm more inclined to think that they'll play on the counter. Yeah, it's a good effect as they've done in the past. Mm. Um, and with players like uh, Dama Triore, um, I've been on a, a fan forum this morning and seen things that very much kind of tied in with my thinking, which is he has no end product, that lad. But Absolutely. he will have an, he will against us, though. You just know it, Chris. <laughs> no, I, I just Triore is a real enigma to me in that he, he you know he has all these attributes which which theoretically can be really effective and obviously you know we've seen him score against us and and, and because he is this incredible physical specimen of which there's probably nobody else like in the Premier League there there is this enigma which has been built around him but yeah you look at his you look at his stats and he's reasonably ineffective really yeah. I, I think I think he's more about what wolves do when they turn the ball over into that second phase of action, so going from retaining possession to moving it through the midfield, that's when I think he's the most effective. When he gets into the final third, I find that he just runs down dead ends. And so I think it's about, if City, obviously, we are masters at suffocation and 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 stopping the ball in the midfield. So if we can employ that against Wolves, I think we can pretty much nullify any influence that he can have it, um, it, it, in the game. Well, there are kind of debates about whether Kyle should start or not. Uh, debate about whether John Stones will start. It's very doubtful, I would say, for the latter. Um, I can just see a Diaz, Laporte, centre-back pairing. But as regards to Kyle, um, how would... I mean, he's going to be key as regards to Adam Adama Traore, isn't he? I mean, I know they play on opposing sides of the pitch, but as Chris said there, Wolves be looking to break. You want someone of Walker's pace to deal with, with Traore. Yeah, yeah. Play him. Yeah. Okay. Just play your best, play your best side. <laughs> So if you've got to see a back four, then what, what you're looking at as regards to the defensive setup? Well, just the previous lineups, I would say. So Yeah. Concello left back. St- yeah, uh yeah, I'm thinking about Stones. Uh mm. he'll probably go back to I mean again, but Stones supposedly poor against Leipzig, but I just don't take anything from that in a but I think Pet might. So yeah, he'll go back to Walker Cancelo. Uh DS Laporte, Rodri, of course, Bernardo, but Bernardo, Bernardo. <laughs> <laughs> Is that some hybrid? Of, yeah, of Bernie and Fernando. Well, we're creating these uh, youth yeah. players in labs. You see, they're, so. they're clones. Clones, so yeah, yeah. Very good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you see the video, of Bernardo walking? His oh dog yeah, on? I still haven't. I've been oh, on the street this morning. Do you no. know what? It's really. Uh, it's. It, I think sometimes city content can be up and down, but it's just. It's really a cute film. It's. It's mm. really. It, and he come. He, he and his partner come across really, really well. So yeah, it's a really great film actually. Yeah, there's a, a really good film to check out from Liverpool of all places. Um, regarding someone who um stem cell kind of um donation to 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 a girl who has leukemia and um she's she's well now thankfully. Mm. 
Uh, I was doing the rounds yesterday, and oh, I shed a tear at that. It was it was lovely. Although there was one moment of it where um, Alison is talking to the girl, and she says she's a Huddersfield fan, and it's like, oh, can we not make you a Liverpool fan after this? And it's like, oh, stop being such a recruiter. It, it really ah, got me. But yeah, it's a, it's a really good video to go check out. Honestly, it's really heartwarming. Lovely get people involved as well. So there's some good videos out there right now. Um, but I, I, sorry, I, I was talking about the lineup. I, I apologize. Sorry, sorry. Well, it's my no, it's my fault for saying uh, Bernardo or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Bernardo. <sighs> One tree couldn't do one. I would, I would stick with that because the system. I, again, there's the issue of Kevin De Bruyne. Be very happy to see him come in. Obviously, mm. uh, Phil Foden. That we're doing this early morning. We don't know about the press conference. Phil Foden, a precaution apparently. So I don't know what's happening with his ankle. If he's fully fit, if it really was very little wrong with him, mm. yeah, I'd be, I'd be sticking with very similar to what we've had before. Uh, I didn't mind Grealish in the false nine, but you Sterling Mares, you know, that's I can see the pluses to any of them. So, but I think it's really the back. I think the back seven or eight kind of pick themselves. So, and from what you just said there, it sounds like you wouldn't start the Bruin. No, I'm open. Well, yeah, just like <laughs> it's weird. We can't play the same players all the time. No, but with that dead rubber, then it has been a week for some of them, and it, just the system works. So it's when you've got a. It's like I'm not comparing Kevin De Bruyne to Ivan Laporte, but when Diaz and Stones just aren't conceding goals, then you keep playing Diaz and Stones. Yeah. When Rodri Gundo and Bernardo Silva is just working so well. Yeah. And it, the record with those three you know, over a long period of time is ridiculous. Then, in a way, you just you stick with it if they're all fit and raring to go. But if he does change one, well, then Kevin De Bruyne comes in. I'm not going to be <laughs> not going to be too angry about it, am I? So he, he obviously comes back in at some point. I just and with Leeds on Tuesday, I imagine he has to feature in what, at least one of the two. So. Yeah, but this but but this period, this, this this next fortnight just presents a really, as it always does over Christmas, like just a really difficult challenge, because we've got so from tomorrow we've got three games in eight days, and after that then we've got like I think a week break before the Boxing Day games, and then a series of games leading up to to, to New Year's Day, and we we you know these they're all winnable games in this series of runs, but we've got to keep the the squad fit, but also we've we've got to. We've got to make sure that certain players who have who have who have been injured just coming back do get gate do get game time. And that's why I'm more inclined. I'd start Stones, regardless of the Leipzig game. I would start Stones tomorrow because he needs more time. Um because then we've got Leeds and, and and then we've got Newcastle. So it's a really challenging thing for the management team to balance to make sure we can try and guarantee three points in each game, but also to ensure that all the squad are fully functioning because I do think the depth of squad is going to play a defining factor in who wins this mm. title. Um, I, can I just say, I think it's more important against Wolves what you said, that we suffocate the opposition mm. and cut out that counter-attack, which is why I think the Rodri, Bernardo, yeah. and Trier yeah, I could that. be more useful in this game. But as Chris has already said, it's Wolves have no idea in a way what to expect. They're fourth in defence, goals conceded, but only Norwich have scored more. And early in the season, they were absolutely creating... XG was off the chart, but weren't taking the chances. 
that's mm-hmm. kind of dried up now. But you could just see them doing us on the break again. So you could just see their pace causing us problems. So, yeah, that's why I'm kind of more wary about sticking with this the winning combination of past games for this Wolves game ahead more than Leeds in a way. Okay. Um, you said, Howard, before about kind of the, the strong response to the Leipzig loss from the fans. Uh, Chris, would you expect a strong response from the players? Or in their minds, is it a case of that was a dead rubber? Let's just move on from that. Uh, we've uh, on, on this pod, we've always talked, I know Aysan has really emphasised it, that, that City are very emotionless when they play football. Mm. And, I, and I'm not, I wouldn't suggest for a second that, that they are emotionless on the training pitch and, and in the dressing room. But I, I think that sometimes the, the, the way players approach the football is very different to the way we do it as fans. And it's, it's, it's very likely that, that the, the, the Leipzig game has completely been erased from their memory that like probably 90 minutes after the game was finished. So in terms of a response, I would say a response to what we lost a dead rubber game, but still finished uh, to, to top at top of the group. So it, as, as Howard referred to, it wasn't like losing a final. It wasn't a devastating, um, fall a devastating kind of consequence um but I, I what i expect is just players who were not sharp who were not concentrating to to focus much more because it is a game of importance so i expect walker to be absolutely on it and not foolish his stones plays i expect him to go up another 30 percent but i think i think generally we it's very rare where city collectively as a team have a shit game it, it's very rare and mm. so so it's equally rare that they need to kind of really pull the socks up so i i i think that i i i expect city to dominate what will be a difficult game but i, I can't imagine there'll be any real kind of you know collateral damage from the leipzig game i i think that's out of the picture and they're focusing on 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 the next fixture ahead of them okay um let's end on score prediction then uh chris well, as I said before, I think, I think that, I think the Wolves are clearly defensively strong and they will look to counter, but also their attack is, is not prolific. So I think, I'm going to predict a 2-0 victory for, for City. I, th- I think we'll, we'll manage the game, suffocate the midfield and eventually that they will crack. I'm going to go 2-1 City. Uh, Howard? Yeah, we'll concede five games in a row now. Mm. So mm. I'll, I'll go 2-1 as well. Okay, and just before we move on, um, kind of to each of you, I'll start with you, Howard. Are you a fan of early Saturday kickoffs? Depends on the result. <laughs> if <laughs> yeah, we win, true. it's great. You've got the whole weekend ahead of you. Yeah. Uh, I hear there's a noisy neighbour in town tomorrow afternoon. Oh, really? Yeah. A couple of, oh, well, a couple of Americans maybe swanning about to meet up. Uh, generally, no, I don't think it's a great time for a football match. Yeah. Three o'clock. It's yeah. fine. The 5.30 is better as well. I mean, I love the early Saturday kickoffs, just not when they involve City. Um, Chris, how do you feel about them? I don't mind them. Um, that's how it says. If we win, it's great. You've got the rest of the day to enjoy it. I, I, what I would say is, uh, if we win, we can gain a point advantage early on in the weekend. And then, the, and then, the, and I know, I know it's still early days, but then the pressure then goes on to, on to Liverpool and Chelsea. So, um, yeah, I, I really don't mind. 12, I prefer 12.30 kickoffs more than I prefer the 5.30 kickoffs. Yeah, I'm not um, such a fan of them. Yeah. I, can, yeah. Can I ask you what you think of a Friday night FA Cup match then? Oh, uh, God. You know what? Just as a one off, I don't mind it, but I wouldn't want that to be a habit. And I but think it, it's, but I think it's so out of order. 
if you're travelling to Swindon on the train, you're not getting mm. one back. No. Because when that game's over, there are no trains coming back from Swindon. Yeah. So I mean, it's, uh, the clubs are to blame when they sign these deals that... Yes. I mean, there's a Premier League match tonight, isn't there? Friday night match. Mm. <sighs> they can have matches on these nights and that, well, this is modern football, they'll spread, they spread the FA Cup out now over so you can see as many games as possible and of course during lockdown we got to see everything and it started a trend that will only continue but there should be some rule against travelling time and well this, this is cup it's a bit different but for league games definitely if you're going to put a match at a stupid time on a Monday night or a Friday night it should be against two teams who are at least geographically quite close but the teams I think Premier League teams are more interested in just getting the money for big deals and putting little caveats in that where they actually think about the fans who were the last thought on their minds, to be honest, when they're signing deals like this. Oh, we'll be lucky to be the last thought. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, well, you mentioned there, Chris, about Chelsea and Liverpool and, and hopefully getting a little kind of um, bump on them this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of ties in really what I want to talk about. Um, we have six more points now than we did at this stage last season. And I know that that's quite a you know a false reading maybe because we didn't have the best start last season. But we've scored 10 more goals too. Um, so we're in relatively fine fettle. Um, yet Chelsea and Liverpool are still right there on our shoulder. Um, Chris, will we have to put in an exceptional season a la 2018, 2019, etc. to win the title this term? I think I think we possibly will. It's funny because the, the top the top three teams that, that, that they present very different characteristics as a team. So Liverpool are continuing to try and finish the game in the first twenty minutes, which is working for them. Apart from the game uh, last week, but if ever that starts to dry up quite a lot, I'll be interested to see how they respond to that. Chelsea are clearly going through a poor run of form at the minute, ha- having a pretty good start. But I do think they flattered to deceive quite a lot. I'm interested to see. What what their longevity is like as we get into the January February and City just continue to destroy the teams by a thousand cuts. You know, it, it's just a particular style of football. What I'm seeing is we are controlling games like we've never done before. And the mm. first half display against Watford was one of the most imperious displays of game management I've ever seen. Not just from our club, but from any club across Europe. It was it was a devastating display of how you control a game. So what I do think, I think City are best placed to put together a successful run of victories. Not, not, not necessarily like a 15 back-to-back, but you know maybe 8, 9, 10 in a row, which may prove pivotal to start to put some distance between uh, ourselves and, and Liverpool and Chelsea. But I, I can still envision it going down to maybe the last three fixtures of the season that, 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 that it will be that close. I, th- I think Liverpool's ambition and Chelsea's... I mean, Chelsea has got some depth in the squad. I, I think that they will continue to, to, to press. But I still think, from what I've seen at the minute, I do think across all the criteria that City are still, I think, looking the best place to be able to maintain a title challenge from this point now all the way through to the end of the season. You mentioned the control that City have. Um, how do you find that boring? <laughs> Tedious, yes. Yes. That is why yeah. I didn't watch them on Tuesday. <laughs> of course. There, 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 was no control, there was no control on Tuesday, Howard, don't worry. <laughs> I'm going back to supporting Chelsea. I understand that we're not, we're not here to... Pep's not here to entertain Arsenal fans. 
Um, he's not here to entertain Aston Villa fans who are just catching the match. I understand why if City are dominating the match, it's boring, but it's boring Liverpool being 3-0 up somewhere as well. It's, mm. There's no interest in that to a neutral fan because the game's done. So teams, <laughs> it's nothing new that teams, having a team that's way better than a lot of other teams is going to be boring to watch because games as a neutral are interesting when there's an edge to them, when they're close, when you know there's something at stake. Mm. A lot of games there aren't and there's a chasm between three teams now and a lot of other teams. I still think the league itself is the most competitive Absolutely. it's been. And I didn't think we'd go to Watford. Well, you thought we'd lose, Steve. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we won't sample that and put that out on Twitter, don't worry. <laughs> uh, but I didn't think we'd go there and it's an absolute you know, the certainty that we'd win. I think there's more doubt in some games now. But then City tend to prove me wrong and absolutely within five minutes of Watford, I kind of said, <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think we are definitely winning this, whatever happens. So, of course, yeah, a lot of football is boring. <laughs> I mean the number of times I put a match on mm. and I think oh this is going to be a good match it's boring and it what was the game there was a game during the week that turned out to be brilliant was it Aston Villa who did Aston Villa e- Everton Arsenal for me on last Monday about yeah it was boring for a long yeah, time and then it, it became interesting yeah but that's just the way it is it's like what do you want I mean if <laughs> It's not all football can be like two teams going at it, loads of goals, red cards, penalty, controversy, seven goals and really tight matches. It's just that is actually the exception to the rule. So. It's just another stick to beat City with and fuck them. Of course, it's, it's, neutral fans do not admire consistency. Neutral fans want drama and in drama you have uncertainty and and lack of consistency and suspense and and at the minute when you watch City apart from the occasional blip there's no suspense if you're a neutral fan and that's why we're getting all this kickback it's just it, again like as you say Steve another stick to beat us with and fuck them if you can't appreciate brilliant mm. coaching tech like technical ability on another level and game management and vision from these world class players then. Boo-hoo. I couldn't give a shit. You can go and watch go and watch Sunday League, you get a lot more uncertainty and, and excitement there. Well, well, a lot of people on Twitter or I see on social media don't even like football, let's be honest. Yeah. They're only just young kids on there just trying to get some sort of profile to claim that their player from their team is better than everyone else's, downgrade everyone other player and just start arguments. I don't think they even get any joy out of the sport anyway, so I really wouldn't lose too much sleep if they're not being entertained by Pep Guardiola's Manchester City, so because they're never going to say anything nice anyway. Yeah, it, what gets me is when you look back on the kind of the nineties and the two thousands and you look back at the great teams and I'm more than happy to include, you know, Manchester United in there, it would be kind of wrong of me not to. And you look at those United teams, you look at those Arsenal teams, and you look at the Liverpool team of the 70s and 80s, and you look at how they're lauded. Now, City have just been beaten and beaten and beaten from every conceivable angle, most of which has just got nothing to do with City, and it's unfair. If in the future that this City team isn't recognised to be a truly outstanding historical side who changed English football, if they're not viewed in that way, then let's just burn the world down because it's just not right. 
Um, I, th- I, I think, but Steve, you, you need you need to accept now that it won't be because there'll be a caveat placed on on, on every yeah, perception yeah. of the club. It'll be about money investment. It'll be about Guardiola being a kind of coaching freak. Uh, you know, it'll be a, it'll be about the, every time we, we saw a gap, we were able to plug it with more resources than, than, than yeah, anybody else. That's the one. Yeah. You know, we we, we we've 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 redefined football in this country, not just in terms of Pep's coaching, but in terms of infrastructure, in, you know, in terms of our academy, in terms of the way we, we are, uh, uh, you know, the, the, as a club, we're almost a conglomerate with lots of teams all over the world. And it, it, it's, it's football it, it is, is a billion, you know, a multi-billion pound dollar industry. And yet it's, it's managed often on a whim and it's perceived through really uh, a naive prism, which, which is dated. And all, you, all you've got to do is look at the majority of pundits across the media that appear on the television. They're still talking from a narrative that's informed their playing career from 20, 25 yes. years ago. Yeah. So we will never, we will never be given the credit that we're due. And, you know, who cares? Because in terms of entertainment, five titles over 10 years has been pretty entertaining for me. And hopefully four titles in the last five years is pretty entertaining to me. So I no longer look for the approval of that. I know what our team are about. I know what football that I've watched every single game. So yeah, I no longer look towards that approval. It doesn't matter. We, we, the trophies are there. The results are there. And that's, that's the history that I will look to read in later years. Ah, well said, man. I, I, I buy into that wholly, and I want that to be the case. As in, I want to be able to get to the stage where I feel the same way, because uh, that's the right way to view things. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, it's just, it's so beautiful. It is so <laughs> stunning, the football that we play. It, and, uh, yeah, you just wish that others could see that. But And, and the, th- and the thing is, it. is that I can be fair and say, I look at Liverpool and they, they play staggering football yeah, yeah, at times. Absolutely. I'm never going to deny them that. I'm not, I'm not going to deny how, how ferocious and overwhelming they were in the lockdown season where, where, you know, and I'm not going to deny that Liverpool, it was very unfortunate for them, kind of funny as well, but unfortunate that they didn't have a chance to celebrate their title win in front of all that. I can acknowledge an opposition's prowess and an opposition's threat and how incredible they are. I don't need to wrap it in any kind of narrative about whether they've got this or got that. And I don't think we're afforded the same gracious approach, really. But again, fuck them. I don't care. It's like it's like you know, it's it's like it's just like curmudgeonly out of date people not being able to accept that things have changed and there are different kids on the block now. Yeah, yeah. I've been so spoiled, so spoiled that even in my own head, sometimes I try and deny to myself that Liverpool are a great team. Mm. <laughs> you even see, like just the thought that oh no, there's another team that could match us is like. Oh no! Why? Why is life so unfair? It's like <laughs> <laughs> this is football, you know. Yeah. yeah, we're not going to be the best. Uh, we've got Pep, and there'll be other brilliant teams, and they're going to push us to the limit. We won't win the league every season, and that's how football should be. And yeah, Liverpool are playing brilliant football at the moment, and it's so travel sometimes. I'll be on Twitter, see a City fan say, "Oh, that was a brilliant goal by Salah," and go, "You." <laughs> so, what, you, what you're picking up Liverpool for and then I like speak so traitor what the hell is up with your habits <laughs> it was a bloody good goal but the general point is you know if you really are that sort of person that doesn't want to give another team or player or anything any credit don't go on Twitter and say the rubbish just keep quiet like I do and just you know mutter there because yeah that 
it's it's just so tribal now. It's it's unbelievable that even saying something good about another team, <laughs> it would just get people so so angry. You probably get death threats in your DMs. Well, can, so, I, can, can it, I just say one more thing, and, and, and we'll move on from that. But the, one of the hardest things for me to transition to when City became really successful and really powerful presence was we stopped being the underdog in most games. And I and I, and I struggled with that at first. I quite like being the underdog because it gave you something to, to root for. And as the seasons progress, there are fewer, fewer fixtures where we feel like the underdog. And beating PSG uh, in the in the semi-final in the Champions last season, that again, that was another progression where it's like, okay, so we are now the, the big boys. And, and I sort of miss that a bit. But at the same time, what it reminds me is, is if we were winning eight, nine, ten titles in a row like Celtic or Rangers or, or Juventus, I would find that eminently boring because the, there's no challenge there. There's nothing yeah, yeah. at stake. Yeah. You, you don't get excited for going to, to watch a game because you just think this is a foregone conclusion. So I, I avidly welcome and encourage other teams to be a massive threat to us, like Liverpool, like Chelsea, because then it just gives us it's more at stake and it makes the season that much more entertaining because high risks bring greater rewards but also greater disappointment as well and that's part and that's part of it and so this like as Howard said this denial that there can be other competitors is really naive we need that in order to make the season worthwhile might might as well be Celtic yeah I was about to say I mean the Celtic fans and the Rangers fans who I follow on Twitter I never see them on a week-by-week basis. And yet, when they're in European competition, they're excited. They're tweeting Mm. a lot. They're talking about, you know, the lineup and all the rest of it because they're, you know, usually the underdogs or at least, you know, facing the competition who they don't expect to do well against or, you know, they have to be at the top of their game against. Um, Whereas that's not the case if they're playing in Vanessa or whoever it may be. So, Mm. yeah, yeah, I completely agree with all the above. Um, Okay, just to end today, let's look ahead to Monday's Champions League draw. Now, I don't think this is definitive, what I'm going to read out here. Please don't base anything on this. But I believe that possible opponents are um, Benfica, Inter Milan, Atletico Madrid, Salzburg, Sporting or Villarreal. Um, that is definitive, yes. That is, is that the definitive? Yeah. It's well, definitive, yeah. but yeah. because of the strange way they do it, there's like a slightly bigger percentage chance of getting some of the teams. So there's like some have got an 18% chance of getting, I don't know, Madrid. I'm making right. these numbers up. And only a 14% chance of getting Salzburg, something like that. But that is the list that we can get any of them. So. Right, okay. And so I'll start with you then, Howard. So I if that is wrong, now it's on me. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, yeah. It, it does feel like that. It feels like, yeah, you've stepped him away. So I'll, I'll, I'll take this bullet. Thank you. <laughs> who would you prefer out of the above and who would you fear? Uh, basically, it's all a much of a muchness. There's, I don't... Uh, Atletico Madrid are the ones that stand out to avoid. And the rest a- of them are good sides that we should get past. And okay. Real are just... Yes... Yeah, Strange, they could be more difficult because they've yeah. got European pedigree and they're really well organised. They've got a manager who's just good at European Cups as well, uh, even if he's Arsenal tell you want the best. And, you know, you could say with Salzburg, they've all got the little things. Inter Milan stand out, but I'm not sure they're the Inter Milan that their name says, you know, that will be the strongest test. But they're all useful sides. I mean, it is the knockout of the Champions League. 
were not going to get a bruise. Yeah, who themselves were, yeah, surprised a lot of people. We're not going to get an absolute gimme, but none of them scare me either. And if you look at who Chelsea could get, they could get Lille, but the other three teams they could get, are, you know, like Bayern Munich and others. I think it really has helped us to win the group on this stage. We'll see who PSG yes. get, I guess. Uh, it's the look of the draw. PSG might get a, an easier draw than us, but the odds are in our favour by winning the group. And as a list of possible opposition, you can't ask for more than that. They're all good sides. They all have, we all have to, we'll have to be on our game, but if City are on the game, they beat all of those sides. Yeah, wasn't it last season where it was actually better to finish second in the group? Um, mm. We got an easier kind of lot. Well, certainly not the case this time out. Um, Chris, from that kind of group, Atletico, Benfica, Inter, Salzburg, Sporting and Villarreal, uh, is anyone you really wouldn't want to face? Um, I mean, unlike last season, when the draw, where I was thinking, please don't get Dortmund, we get, and, and, and when we get into that quarterfinal, we got Dortmund. But um, I... I I wouldn't worry too much about um, any of them, like Howard says. At this stage, every every team will present a certain challenge. I think the ones I would prefer to avoid are Atletico and Inter because, you know, as Howard said, Inter are not the Inter that they, 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 they were, but they're still second in Serie A. And the big yeah. thing is they're, sco- they're scoring lots of goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, feeling we are thirteenth in the league. Yeah, thirteenth. Yeah. But, yeah. but but as you said, Howard, they've got European pedigree. Yeah. They know how to win knockout ties, and you whether it's Champions League or Europa League, and you can't you can't underestimate the um, the psychological um, advantage that that can give a team. I think Atletico are still a big threat. I mean, they they lost three games in their in their group stage but two of those were against Liverpool so they still are they still are unpredictable but I think if I had to choose one I think I'd rather avoid Inter simply because that they're scoring goals and they're confident yeah. and that can often be significant um over two two legs but I really I I, I I I'm not worried about I'm at that point now last season was a real threshold for us when we got past the quarters and got past the semis that changed the way I thought about this team so we'll navigate whoever uh, whoever we, we, we are presented with but if I had to choose one yeah, it'd be, I'd rather avoid Inter of, of all. Same here, I yeah, think I'd not. take Sporting yeah yeah probably if yeah. I had to choose, yeah. But then they're four points ahead of Benfica in the league. Yeah. So, yeah. Sporting or Benfica for me. Um, I don't want to face into because Eddie Dzeko, the prospect of yeah. him coming back in and hurting us. No, no, no. Uh, I couldn't face that. Um, okay, well, that, that kind of wraps things up. Thank you very much for joining me today, Chris. Yeah, pleasure for always. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, Howard. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Really enjoyed that. So. Yeah, me too. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Um, that's a wrap for today. We're off to enjoy cheese and wine at our staff Christmas party. <laughs> In the meantime, take care of yourselves, be well, and forever up the blues.